grab a glass Millennial Sun Podcast Time to wind down, swirl that glass Open up If you like how it's feeling Catch the fire, turn it up Y'all know what time it is The Millennial Sun Podcast Have a seat and grab a glass Millennial Sun Podcast Time to wind down, swirl that glass Open up If you like how it's feeling Catch the fire, turn it up is Isis Daniel, also known as the Millennial Psalm, and we are here for another episode of the Millennial Psalm Podcast. All right, so I feel like I said that weird. Millennial Psalm Podcast. All right. Okay. So today we are kickstarting a new segment that I've been wanting to do ever since I first thought about starting a podcast. As you guys know, we are officially in our fourth episode hello it's oh it's pretty much been a month of having a podcast time flies when you're having a good time oh my gosh but today i welcome you to temperature check this is a segment where i answer questions from my dms or social media prompts the idea was to incorporate topics that you as my listeners actually care about and want to know more about it's easy for us within the industry to kind of focus on the highlights we deem important or what we want to push on you agendas and wineries and other topics that we want to make sure you understand but there I mean you are our consumers and so it's important that we address questions topics concerns that you may have about wine or the industry today I am responding to a podcast topic request that I shared on my IG stories, Instagram stories. So shout out to goddess624, Shantae, I see you boo. Thank you so much for responding to my prompt, my Instagram story prompt, which pretty much I was just asking what topics would you like me to cover on the podcast? And she said, becoming a wine influencer or wine jobs in general. So what I'm going to do is tackle the wine job topic before actually talking about how to become a wine influencer. Number one, as we dive into this topic of wine careers, I need you just to open your mind to the possibilities of all the different career paths that you can take within the wine industry. Okay, so number one, wine careers go beyond hospitality and production. What do I mean when I say that? There are three tiers or roles within the industry of jobs, right? The first role we'll discuss is production, roles within the vineyard and winery. These roles are reserved for winemakers, grape pickers, lab technicians, winery workers, people who are managing the vineyard itself. So much has to go into the production because how are we going to have a wine industry if we're not producing wine? Can we talk about it? Okay. So yeah, that's why I said that this was probably the more obvious first tier because you can't have an industry for wine if you are not making wine. But then the next tier is also just as important because you can produce these wines, but if you're not servicing them, selling them. So the tier service are roles that are related to the selling and service within the hospitality environment. Bartenders, psalms, waiters, retail store managers, and staff. I look at the production side of the wine industry like I would an artist. Uh, (laughs) You know, of course, you're going to have to have that support. That's why you have great pickers and lab technicians and winery workers and anyone else who can really help 
with the logistics side and then also kind of the operations side. Of course, that is necessary. By the way, that's a job. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> but within service, we can make this wine, but we do need the people who are going to push and sell it. Just like any other industry, say you were making an album, you need the people who are actually going to push your work so that people buy and know that your work even exists. Think radio, your favorite artists before you even discovered them, they came up on the radio or you saw them on YouTube or some other social media network. You found out that they exist or if you knew them already, you discovered they have a new song or a new album and you are able to listen, sample and buy. That's the whole concept behind service. But that also leads me to the next role that's available within the wine industry which is commercial roles. Think, going back to music, being signed to a label. And why do artists sign to labels? Because they want their art, their work to be marketed, produced, distributed, all the things that are necessary for wine as well. So commercial roles are sourcing, buying, selling, and marketing of wine. I think that it's important just to map out a couple of the roles, buyers, sales, whether that's in retail or wholesaling, marketers, events, wine consultants, brand ambassadors, or just to have a nice smooth transition to our next topic, influencers. And it really makes me laugh because influencers and content creators are in this very weird sweet spot between service and commercial roles. And for the person in the back who's like, does she really just separate the jobs of being an influencer and a content creator? Yes. In fact, I'm pretty sure we discussed this in the last episode of the Millennial Song Podcast, but I do separate the two because for me, I've found that I show up much differently than when I show up as a content creator versus influencer. So let me go ahead and break that down. Number one, my understanding or experience as an influencer is I am a public figure. I show up to different wine events as Isis Daniel, also known as the millennial Psalm. People take pictures with me. I recommend wines, or if I represent a brand like La Crema under Jackson Family Wines, you know that I'm there because I'm the millennial Psalm. I support this brand and I'm telling my followers, hey, I support this brand. Y'all go out and buy this wine. Influencership. Because my word and based off of the trust that I have um, worked on to cultivate with my followers, they know that if I'm you know, recommending this wine, that they will most likely go out and buy it. Influencership. My word is trustworthy and people listen to it. Content creation is in a whole different field because it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with whatever it is I'm talking about. So when you look at Suzanne videos or when you look at, you know, I just did a video with Dick's Potato Chips. I'm talking about food and wine pairings. I'm talking about whatever wine topic I want to talk about when I'm being Miss Suzanne. It's not about me. I'm just creating content and I happen to be in the content. There are plenty of videos that I've made about other products where my face isn't even in it because again, it's not about me. I'm not using my face, my voice, or my body to promote a product. However, is it true that both kind of go hand in hand and they support one another? Absolutely. It's just like everything else that I was saying as far as 
influencership kind of being that sweet spot between service and commercial because to me I believe that service is all about personality it's about connecting and selling it to you and then you have the commercial that's a little bit on a larger scale which again I think is that content creation side where it's not about me it's not necessarily about the specific product that I am featuring more about the overall concept so just I just you know Y'all know how I get. I just want to make sure that I clarify the difference between the two. (laughs) So my girl Shantae wants to know how to become a wine influencer. And I think that I have three basic steps that I think will help any person who's interested in becoming an influencer or more specifically a wine influencer. So number one, you want to figure out your niche. What's important to you? For me, when I became the millennial psalm, okay, I knew that there was an issue within the industry as far as connecting to millennials and then now the generation after us because y'all, I'm getting oh Anyway, I digress. Go back to the point. I used to go back. But you need to figure out what problem are you trying to solve? For me, I wanted to create a safe environment for people to learn about wine, to, you know, develop their palates and to also figure out ways to incorporate their life into the wine industry, whether that's winemaking or just being an everyday consumer with a better understanding of their palate. That's what I was going after and what I've been doing ever since. I'm very, very blessed. I'm very blessed, y'all, to figure out what I want to do and do it. (laughs) Okay. Lord, I lost my breath. Anyway, (laughs) y'all know I'm too much. I'm too silly. But it is true. Whether it's winemaking or any other field that we've already covered in the beginning of this podcast, figure out what you want to do within the industry. And even if you don't want to physically work within it, be a part of it by discovering wines and regions that you like and drink wine. That's all I want you to do, okay? But beyond that, the next step after would be consistency, okay? So hear me. You want to be an influencer, but how are you going to influence if you have no one to influence? You feel me? So the best way to gain that following and to gain that support base and find your people who understand your approach about whatever it is you're talking about, whether it's within the wine industry or not, you have to be consistent. Saw for X and every week pick a day at the same time at that day and release content that is specifically speaking to whatever answer you're trying to solve. That is the best way to do it because what's going to happen is over, sometimes depending on how great your content is, all it takes is one video and then it just takes off. But that's why you have to be consistent. Go every week focusing on whatever that one topic is, expand on it, dive deeper into it, Get other people who might be experts in that field to jump on your lives and talk with you. But it's all about creating that great content that makes your listeners trust you as a content creator. Start there as a content creator. Don't think about you. Think about the problem you are trying to solve. What's going to happen is people are going to discover you. They're going to share your content. Your following is going to start to increase. People are going to start asking you questions. Now you're able to fine tune the content that you're creating to focus on the people that are trusting you. Then because you are talking directly to your people, they start to trust anything that you say. Now I'm going to make sure that I put this in. When you become an influencer, be an influencer of integrity. Okay. Okay spit facts, do research, know what you're talking about. 
I'm just going to put that out there because I think it's important to say, because it is true that there are a lot of influencers out there who have no idea what they're talking about and have a whole slew of people who support them. And they have that because of the first, well, the second point of being consistent. It doesn't matter. But I want to make sure that I tell you to be responsible in whatever content you create to do the research and to push truth and not just baseless opinions that aren't connected to anything. I don't care. I'm telling you, if you're going to listen to me, I'm telling you. But an influencer, in order to gain that influence, you have to be consistent in the content that you push, cater to the people listening to you so that they trust you. The idea is trust. Now, the final point is very important. However, it can get a little weird. (sighs) Brand collaborations and partnerships. Now, this is probably one of the weirdest topics within becoming a true influencer because The whole point of being an influencer, yes, you want to have the people to influence, but you also need the products that prove that your word moves. And (laughs) y'all, it's this very weird world out there. It's not as simple and easy as you would think, but it is super easy to get these brand partnerships. So as you continue to make whatever content you're making, there will be a number of M of products or, you know, brands, people out there who will see your content and want you to feature. I'm on my third episode of this podcast and people are already reaching out because they want to be featured ads and things of that sort. Now, as an influencer, as a content creator, just like we said on the very first episode of this podcast, you are a brand. You need to make money for the work that you're creating. So embracing brand partnerships and collaborations is not a problem, okay? They're going to be followers out there who are going to look at you. I mean, I remember I didn't even do, it wasn't even a brand partnership, you guys. I featured a product that I found on Amazon. And somebody called me a, a sellout. <laughs> yes, a sellout. Because they thought that I was doing paid partnerships at that point, And I wasn't. But it did get me in the headspace to prepare myself for what the future was going to hold. Which is, once you start representing brands, you might lose followers. It's okay. Because again, you want to be an influencer. You want to influence people who actually plan on spending their money, not on um, on people who follow you and have no true desire to invest in your growth. Now, while I was doing my content creation, of course, it, you know, it helps when you have views and shares. So I want to make sure that I'm not rejecting or um, being disrespectful to anyone who really is just a supporter as far as listening and viewing But you as an influencer, if your goal is to be an influencer, you need to be influencing somebody to spend something. That's the goal. That's the point. Influencers are a part of marketing. You are marketing products. You are pushing products. And you are letting people know, again, just like radio, that, hey, this product is available for purchase and I recommend it. I sign off on it. I, as an influencer, am telling you to go out and buy it. You will know 
that you are a true influencer when you receive DMs, comments, and any other form of communication that people actually listened to your recommendation and bought your product. What I do as a way to know, I always let you guys know what wines we're featuring for any of our tastings. You really got to follow me. Go to um, my website, themillennialsum.com, where I share my calendar. And on my calendar, I say who I'm interviewing or what live I'm having on which platform and what wine we're tasting so that you can go out and purchase. And when I'm on these lives and I say who has wine and what are you drinking, one of the ways I know that you have listened to my influence is when you tell me I have the wine that's being featured today. And I, you know what, I wasn't going to have this conversation, but um, why not? I love talking to you guys. And I want to be as transparent as possible because you just never know how your story will help someone else. But um, God, I'm about to be honest and raw with you guys. So let's just go ahead and do it. Ugh. So when I first got into the industry, I was totally against being called an influencer. I took pride in the content that I was creating as an educator, but honestly, as a student at first, everything that I studied during my WSET courses from one all the way through three and soon to be four, uh I incorporated everything that I was learning into content to help me understand what it is that I was learning, but to also help my followers to gain a better understanding of wine and to develop their palates, right? So I used to be believe it or not, I used to be very insulted when people would call me in an influencer because my idea of influencer was a person specifically more of women who were on camera smiling, taking pictures with wine and not really adding true value. At least that's how I felt at the time. My uh, thoughts about influencers has changed since. I'm just being transparent with you guys. I felt like I was bringing more to the industry and thus kind of judging other people who are also adding value to the industry in a different way. It wasn't until there was an article that came out. Mind you, I was already featured 40 Under 41 enthusiasts and thrillists and other publications talking about the work that I do as a content creator, specifically on TikTok, but across the board, just being a wine educator who was appealing to the next generation of wine lovers. It wasn't until an article came out naming someone else as the top influencer. I had no idea that I cared. I had no idea that I even wanted to be an influencer. And that was when the definition of influencer versus content creator truly came into play because I realized I was running away from the very thing that made my content creation effective. My face, my voice my body. I wanted, well, how do I want to say this? I think that I was so focused on not being categorized as a quote unquote pretty face that it put me in a position where I wasn't actually taking advantage of everything I could within my content creation. Bottom line, I'm me. Bottom line, when I say, hey, I support this brand or I'm going here and I want y'all to pull up, I do want y'all to actually buy it or pull up. That's, I mean, it's crazy the 
obstacles you put in front of yourself when you're running away from what it is that you don't want to be versus just being. That was a hard lesson for me. And the same lesson I really want you to understand about you. When it comes to whatever business you create or if you want to be an influencer, the only way you're going to have longevity within this career, the only way you're going to be fulfilled as a person is if you bring you to the table. I don't care whatever attribute attributes you feel make you you and make you stand out, bring it and allow your voice and whatever other positives God blessed you with be the thing that pushes you forward because you want to be an influencer just as much as you want to make meaningful, depth, knowledgeable content. Both matter. Both are not the same, (laughs) but both are still necessary for the longevity of whatever social media career you want. I know I could talk about this all day, all night. I mean, I still have so many more ideas and thoughts on this. So we'll maybe have a part two of this dialogue because I don't know, just being an influencer versus content creator, how to successfully embark on this journey. There's so many different, I guess, uh, options, lanes to go, but then different obstacles that I haven't had that I've heard other, uh, you know, influencers have dealt with. So I don't know. I think this is a deeper conversation that we can have for another time for sure. But if you ever want to be featured in our temperature check segment, again, we're talking directly to you. DM me or respond to any of my prompts on Instagram, Patreon, TikTok, anything like that in the comment section so that you can get a shout out, but also have a question answered directly to you for you and the TMS community. Okay. My name is Isis Daniel, also known as the millennial Psalm. It's I mean, it's been a month, four episodes of the Millennial Song Podcast. Oh my God. And next week, believe it or not, we should have a guest on for the first time. woo come on now. So y'all get excited for that. And I will see you next week for Tasting Thursday. Every Tuesday, I said Tasting Thursday. Lord have mercy. See, I got too many things going on. I'm not even gonna take that out. I'll see y'all next week for the Millennial Song Podcast. But we do have Tasting Thursday this Thursday. I'll see y'all there. Be blessed. Bye. Y'all know what time it is. The Millennial Song Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass. Millennial Song Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass. Open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire. Turn it up. Y'all know what time it is. The Millennial Song Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass. Millennial Song Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass. Open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire.